can everyone hear me okay? Yes. Am I louder or quieter than normal? Yeah. Um, about the same. If maybe a little quieter, but nothing. A little quieter. What out of the norms. Like Is this too far away now? No. Okay. I have no, an actual good. micro. An actual microphone now. Oh. Um, but I don't. I didn't realize how small this stand was, so I have no idea where I'm supposed to put this thing now. <laughs> so we're improvising. Yes. Sound fine. <clears throat> well, good. Glad to hear it. You guys sound fine too. So tell me, I'm not seven minutes and forty seconds actually late. Oh yeah. No. No. No way. Yeah. Impossible. I mean, as as Bill said, you have a reputation to uphold. So I, I that I do, Bill. <laughs> that I do. And to be honest, no one realized this reputation until I horribly was legitimately late to his show. And it's like I have I have very very few podcast regrets, but that one, oof, I do regret that. Not doing the show, being late. Excuse me. Yeah, the show was awesome. I loved it. You can't regret anyway. it if you do it every show. <laughs> There's always got to be some element of suspense. And to think it was my idea to bring you on tonight. <laughs> you knew what you were doing. <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, man. Is that an orange logo? Especially after that story. Tell First of all, is that an orange Ulubami logo hat? Or is it like a peach color? I know it's the brown one. Oh, it's the brown one. It's, it's the brown one I'm, I've been wearing, like oh, all the okay, time. Cool. Okay, I didn't know if it was a new color. Yeah, the lighting in here is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was really happy with the story. I text Justin. I could yeah, make I one. Well, we should. Um, I text Justin like four hours ago. I was like, "Yo, send me a picture of Billy eating a sandwich or something." I'm gonna superimpose a book in his mouth. <laughs> Um, and it didn't I had nothing well. to do with it. He did, <laughs> it did. It's not what he told me. He just said, send me a picture of Billy eating. And I blindly followed him. You know what? You did have something to do with it because you have a bank of those pictures in your phone. That's true. <laughs> You're just That's as guilty. Very, very true. <laughs> no uh, comment. Um, but welcome, everybody. This oh, I got some of Smitty, too. 95 Snakes and Stogies. Brought to you by Puget Sound Pythons. If you look in the corner to my right, but I think it's actually left on the screen. Um, that's their logo, and that's them. They're probably here in the chat, but please check them out. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. Um, it's nice and cool, finally. My hoodie's on. My new ASF hoodie, which, speaking of, before I forget, we started a raffle in the Snakes and Stogies, Snakes and Stogies uh, group. There's three prizes that I put together, um, so there's three chances to win. All the rules and stuff are in there. Basically, you can buy up to three, spot, uh, three slots. There's 30 slots total. Um, a couple cigars, cigar cases, another thing of cigars, cigar cases, and then a five pack and an ashtray kind of thing. So, all of that's going to be benefiting ASF. Uh, Let me, uh, it's posted in the Snakes and Stogies Facebook group, correct? Correct. I'm going to pull up a photo of it real quick. That way, people can see the goods. 
right. So here is the package. So there you go. Yeah, so first prize is, I think, five cigars and then a 10-count case. Um, second prize is four Roman Craft and then a five-count case, and then the five-pack in the ashtray, like I said. Um, in the rules, I do have it so that if you end up winning and you don't need another case, then I will let you either get you can get cigars of equal or lesser value of that than of the case price basically. So um, yeah. So that way, if you're one of these people like me who has like four different travel cases and needs another one, like they need a hole in the head, you can say, Hey, I don't need that, but I will take some more cigars and I will oblige. So. Awesome. Possum. And all first, let me think. Yeah. And I, I was just going to touch base on that. Like good stuff. There's very few. We, we on THM we support a lot of organizations, and I think our our main one that we we really really love is ASF because not only is it a bunch of great people doing great things for snakes and reptiles in general, and and for humans as well in areas where snakes and humans come in contact all too often, um, they they really show you what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that has a greater impact because you know that the donations are going to a legitimate cause. You know that they're actually putting it to good use and it doesn't matter how much money we can get them or donate to them because every single penny is infinitely more valuable over there than it is here. And I feel like people, you know, lose sight of that. I mean, what did, what did Brent say that, I think $60 US gets them like three tanks of gas and like feeds an entire crew for a week, something like that. Something. Something like that. So basically knowing knowing the value of your dollar and donation with that organization makes a huge difference. And I really think a lot of other, you know, organizations similar, at least in conservation, stuff like that should do something similar to where maybe, because I know like for me, I have no issues donating. It's just like when I, I feel like I don't know how much twenty five dollars takes. You know what that does. Like I don't right. know if that's a drop in the bucket or if that helps immensely, like it does with ASF. So, um, had knowing that and talking to Brent and and knowing that that even if it's a smaller amount, like it still makes a big difference. Sure. Pretty much sold on on making raffles and stuff for ASF um, regularly. And yeah, so and, uh, check it out at some point. We'll have some snakes on there and not just cigars for you, for you non cigar smoking people that are just for the snakes. So, yeah. Yeah. And we're going to do uh, some snake related raffles as well. Um, some get hooked venom life gear stuff. So definitely keep an eye peeled for that. Um, and don't forget about uh, our promo code for Venom Life Gear. It's uh, 10% off anything in the store with, I think it's THP, right? Yep. Okay, yeah. So, and, and the best part about that is, code. yeah, promo code THP gets you 10% off anything in the store on the website. Um, but the thing that people forget is that it doesn't matter whether you use the promo code or not. Every dollar that you spend 
an additional 10% of that money goes directly to the ASF. So not only are you getting a discount with the promo code, but you're still contributing to ASF 10%. So it's an awesome program. Yep. Yeah, I definitely want to see if we can get a hold of some of the folks there and do a show with them or something. Um, yeah, 100%. I know we've talked about it in the past, but it would be awesome to, to make that happen. Just cause yeah. That's something that I know you, you're very interested in, Phil. I'm very interested in. Like, Snakebite is something that I, I'm always interested to read about. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so you go on the Facebook group, choose which numbered spots you want. I've been keeping up with it. There hasn't been a ton of, of raffle buys yet um and we're going to do a drawing on the 25th so next show we'll go ahead and, and get out the uh the old bingo ball roller thing and and pick a winner so i love it so on to more present business but what are we smoking tonight i have just lit up a arturo fuente queen bee It was the last one on the shelf of the shop, so I said I'll give it a good home. Excellent. Can you guys hear that airplane or no? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. All right, but it's not like loud because it's really loud by me. So I'm just making sure this new microphone's working. It's. I mean, it's there. It's no, not like overbearing okay. or anything. Cool beans. Um, I like a giant mosquito. What are you smoking? <laughs> I am smoking a. I have no idea where I got this from. Um, it's a Romeo y Julieta, uh, model 1875, but I, there's no, there's nothing on it. It's a little stubby. Actually, you know what? Let me stop the screen share because that's smart. And, uh, I have no idea where it came from, but that's what we're smoking. It smells pretty. It has a very peanut butter aroma. Like the that might be the Cuban, like a legit Cuban really? Romeo. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, their bands seem a little more dated with the with their Cuban stuff than like the ones we have here and the like the Dominican stuff. I don't know. It might please please forgive be, my dirty finger. I'm not sure. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about the what the leaf is or doesn't say Havana on it or anything. It doesn't. So, hmm. who knows? <clears throat> We're going to light it up right now. Do it. Billy, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, Jack and ginger. Nothing exciting. Nice. Which Jack and which ginger? Billy. Billy. No. Yeah. So, so you pour <laughs> pour out half the ginger. This regular Jack pour, and some Schweppes. Some Schweppes. I love it. I feel I feel like you have to say Schweppes with a Schwepp. You know what I mean? Schweppes. It's fun to say. It's like Cool Whip. You got to say it like that every time. You have to say it like Stewie. You have to say, yes, yes, I, I like some cool whip. Some whipped cream, yes, yes. That's it. 
I'm sorry. I'm getting these these <clears throat> raffle uh, raffle names put in. Trying okay. to people jumping in right now. Yeah, love it. So I don't know if you guys remember, but I guess about a was it two weeks ago we talked about um, toasting the cigar. Probably. Okay. So and we also talked about burn rate and scorching the tobacco too much burning the tobacco so i lit this cigar like normal but for whatever reason and maybe justin can you know help me out on this one look at how this thing lit i, I rolled it and i i i drew it appropriately but look at how this thing lit like, mm. isn't that interesting yeah i mean it could have just been that little bit on the bottom was slightly more moist or whatever than, than another part of it. 7 and 23. But it is good to have my sense of smell and taste fully back. Yeah. It was actually shocking because some right. individuals... Yeah, uh, it was a little bit shocking. Some of the individuals in my place of employment um, had relieved themselves... And I was unaware of it for quite some time. And all of a sudden, it was like, whoa, hey, how's it going? So, yeah. That's how I figured out it was back. How many people were jumping in on the raffle? Um, let me see. We have... Uh, 11 of 30 slots. Nice. That's good. Get in there, folks. Get in there. It's all to a good cause regardless. Billy, what are you doing, sir? Freak. I'm getting stuff ready. He's getting his books ready, so this is another, uh... Another edition of the Dorothy Lapis School for Kids Who Can't Read Good. <laughs> or, or as much as I love that name, I prefer to call it, it. I just like Billy's Book Club. I just, I don't know. I just, I feel like it just goes off. You have your name, I have mine. That's fine. I think you just like making the graphic. The gra I was waiting to do that for so long. I was like, man, we really need to do a Billy's Book Club. And I, I think maybe next time we do this, we'll do Dorothy Lapis' uh, School for Kids Who Can't Read Good. Dorothy Lapis's special kids academy. Mm -hmm. Just teach them how to handle handle cobras and shoot weapons. Yes, yes. <laughs> In yeah, Billy. How how was Tinley? Like, as far as did you actually walk around? Like, how was the selection in comparison to Daytona? And... Uh, so Tinley Tinley is bigger than Daytona. Uh, I only got to walk around Friday. Like it was pretty busy. Uh, it's hard to compare the two. They're two completely different beasts. Uh, they're both fantastic shows. Uh, you get to see a lot of the stuff that we can't see here in Florida. Um, like I saw some massive reticks. Like, and I haven't seen like a really big retick in a while. And uh, I mean, like they were thicker than my leg. You know, just. Snakes like that. Uh, a lot of scrubs. Scrubs were represented pretty well. 
Uh, and it's just one thing I like is going to different regions and seeing the different local breeders that are there. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I see all the local guys here all the time. So it's just always good to see a, a different variety and people focus on different things and, and all that. Uh, I ended up, cause you guys know me, you know, I can't go to a show and not get something. Um, I decided to get back into Japanese rat snakes. Uh, I ended up with two, two normals and an albino. Uh, so really excited about that. Um, yeah, you've been wanting to get back into those. For what was funny is I actually got the albino from the Zirkles, and I had sold them. What was it? So you've been wanting to get back into those for a while. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. So uh, what ended up happening was I sold my adults uh, albinos, or they're almost adults, a couple goes to the Zirkles. So I didn't ask, but I'm like, man, I might have got baby or a baby from the pair I sold them or one of the animals I sold them. Uh, so it's just funny how that works out. But uh, they had one in the, the tub that was like really light and white. Um, so the cool thing about the albino Japanese rats, so I've told Phil a hundred times, uh, there's actually a wild population in Japan that the government, uh, have protected, you know, since the 1920s and they're just, they're really white. So the one, the albinos we usually see in the hobby have a lot of orange on them because they've been crossed with the Kunisher Island variety. So that gives them more color. So when I saw that one that was, you know, like super white, like the the wild type ones are, you know, out there, which it's all the same stuff genetically. It's just, you know, just a different look. But I wasn't going to get albinos and I saw that one and, you know, it's here now. So <laughs> that's that is super. And then uh, I got a. Yeah. No, I was going to say, so if, since the 1920s. So there's no it's safe to say that there's none of those wild albino bloodline in any of the pet trade well it came from somewhere i don't think it's completely uh, but it's probably so diluted i think it's completely out of the realm of possibilities but i mean it's just one up out of you know those couple clutches that they had that just had that look Uh, i was looking for a male and they just had so much orange on them and obviously some people are looking for the more orange stuff. And when I saw one that was really light and had a lot more white on it, you know, it was a no brainer for me. So, um, just excited. They're really cool snakes. They're honestly, I don't know why I ever got out of them. Uh, when I had them, they're like my favorite rat snake. So I have high hopes for these guys again. Uh, and I plan on getting a pretty decent sized group of them, making them a, a pretty big focus of my colubrid stuff. They're just the Asian bears. I'd buy that. I think they're awesome. I'd buy. I'd put them in the same realm as them. I don't know. The I, you know I the saw hypo- plenty of bears there. Well, not plenty, but I saw some bears. Yeah. I think my, my internet's been really squirrely lately, so there's a delay somewhere. But um, yeah, I got a delay too. The. Uh, the more like hypo bears and stuff I see, I really think there's there's a pretty serious, not maybe not serious, but a, a large amount of diversity there because I've noticed there's some that have 
um, more almost a, almost like a translucent sort of look as as babies, and then I have some that are you know they got almost like this heavier sort of speckling. I, it's hard to explain, and it's kind of something I'd have to show pictures of. But the more hypos and stuff I see in in Bairds, the the more I wonder just how much different uh, sort of bloodlines of that is kind of floating around. Not bloodlines in the official sense, but varieties. Yeah, there's definitely definitely a delay, but I agree with you. Is it a delay on my end or is it a delay on y'all's end? I don't know. Your Yours is a little delayed, and then Billy, it seems like he's not hearing us fast enough. Does that make sense? Yeah. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna back out and come back in. All right. Be I back in a second. Have, I hope it doesn't have anything to do with this stupid new microphone. No, no, it's okay. like I said, my internet connection for whatever reason. I did because CenturyLink has a little speed test thing on it, so you can see what your speed is. And my speed right. is like just under 10 megabytes per second, and it seems way slower the last two weeks than it's ever been. And so I messaged them, and they were like, that's what you're paying for. And I was like, <laughs> this ain't the same internet that I've had, man. I'm not going crazy. So might be switching companies here soon because something, something seems off. I feel like they kind of throttled it a little bit, but... I get it. I'm actually doing a speed test right now on mine, and I've actually never done it out because I'm outside. And I'm, I'm on the other side of this wall right next to me is the router, so we'll see how well this connects. He's back. See if that works. I made it. You made it. Yeah, so it's book club time again. I don't have a ton of books because I think we've done a handful of these now, and I I don't have a massive herp library to begin with. So for the sake of making sure I'm not doing the same books over again, I I pick some that I'm I'm fairly certain I have not talked about. So excellent. I um in my haste to get yeah. on the show, yeah, well. I left I left them inside. So I'm gonna have to go grab them anyway. And I'm getting destroyed by mosquitoes, so I gotta grab my thermosel. But who wants to kick it off? Uh, I can, I guess. I'll go for it. Jump on that grenade. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so the first one off the top of the stack, and this is in no real particular order, but um, the art of keeping snakes. I feel like this may have been talked about previously. Ooh, old one. By someone, yeah. All the ones I have today are, are pretty old. Um, by Philippe de Vasjoli. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Uh, so this is from sure. the old Advanced Vivarium Systems uh, line of books. And this basically is just keeping snakes. It talks about vivarium setting them up. Uh, it talks about some diseases. talks about breeding. Um handling it's more or less meant to be i think kind of a guide for people who are sort of getting into snakes and they sort of want the crash course of like the gamut of everything um it's a book i read a lot as a kid this is when i flipped through a good bit and then this is actually there's a random picture of some annery corn snake in the back of it nice uh 
but this was the book that sort of originally piqued a slight interest in Nerodia because he talks about setting up a Nerodia tank. Um, which, as a kid, I thought that was interesting because it was like nobody's really keeping those things. Um, so it's it's cool. It's yeah, nice I was going to say he, he talks in depth about setting those up. Yeah, there's even like a, a whole section on different plants and stuff for Varia that, that work good um, or work well. <clears throat> and um, hide, shelving, talks about different kinds of woods. It's pretty, it covers a lot. I mean, I don't think it covers anything in depth on any like super serious level, but for sort of a good, like I said, good crash course, this is still a book that I'm sure has plenty of relevant information in it. And I'm sure there's some that's outdated, but it's still, still a good little book to have around. Absolutely. Vogile is what Bill said. All right. I wish I could say I'd remember that, but I probably won't. He even has black racers in here. What a lunatic. What kind of psychopath puts those on there? Huh. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's number one. Yeah, that was one of the first uh, first books I really dug into. You know, when I was first starting out and stuff, it like you said, it has all the basics and stuff, so it's definitely a good one. What do you got? So, uh, to start off, I actually just got these in today, so they're still in the shrink wrap. I just wanted to uh, show how excited I was. I got uh, the Burt Langerwerf uh, oh, yeah. books. Nice. Uh, Lizard Man and all that. Yeah, so cool story. I actually uh, I ordered this a few months back and I never received them. And it wasn't until Cox in the group was like, Billy, you ever get those books? I'm like, actually, no, I didn't. I forgot. I ordered them. And uh, Saw him in Tinley and Jason's buddies with uh, with Russ who was selling this and you know put in a good word for me and I ended up getting them like right away. So uh, really excited to to dig into this and you know mess with what these books have to say. I remember uh, Daytona when I was you know first getting into the hobby, uh, seeing Bert set up in the the Aussie water dragons and all the stuff that he had and getting on agama international.com uh, and seeing his outside enclosures. And I just thought it was so cool how he had uh, those animals outside year round, you know, in Alabama. And, uh, you know, if you knew then what you know now, you know, I would have yeah. got all those $50 <laughs> Australian water dragons, you know, and I know I've brought it up before, but, it stills just one of those things like, man, I really wish I would have jumped into that and really ahead first. But uh, yeah, Bill, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to get into that one. He's only a guy that did a lot for the hobby and it's going to be really awesome to dig into the history of him. So I just wanted to, to highlight that and 
show him how excited I was about it. Isn't uh, one of those about like so a my first book, and then the other one is something else? Yeah, I'll tell you right now. So uh, the one is Life and Adventures, and the other one just says the articles. Um, oh, that's so, right. Yeah. yeah, it seems like one is a uh, like it's yeah like it's it's still in the shrink wrap. Like I haven't mm-hmm. I haven't gotten into it at all. But give me some time, I'll get into it. Um, and of course I geek out about like the history part of the hobby and stuff it's really cool to see um, you know how things used to be what used to work it's crazy how much stuff you know used to work will still work you know just for whatever reason it you know gets outdated or whatever if you can use old ideas and modernize them you know to a point still use them you'll I think a lot of people could be successful if they, you know, just looked into what used to work back in the day. Because if it worked then, it'll work now. It's the same animals. But... Back with us, Phil. You're muted. Maybe. <laughs> now I'm back with you. <laughs> now I'm back with you. So. Hey, uh, there like... he is. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely a delay on Billy's end. That's for sure. Um, it's fine with me now. Okay. The uh, I went to go get the books from inside. Ooh, sealed in the wrapper. Very nice, Billy Hunt. I just got them like I just got home from work like an hour and a half ago, and they were waiting on the counter for me. Nice, very cool, man. I love that when that happens. That's the best. I um. But I was saying is oh, I, yeah. I just went I just went inside to get my books and get my thermocell because I'm getting destroyed by mosquitoes and the thing's dead. But because I have the greatest girlfriend in the world, she bought a spare thermocell with extended strips for longer life and power, specifically for when we go herping together. So I ran to the car and I got that. So thank you. Anna Maria, my love, you're saving my ankles as we speak. Very subtle, Phil. Yeah, I know, right? Very, very subtle. Huh. So, and Billy, those are the two that you just spoke about. Uh, I was just showing those off and kind of wasting time until uh, you got back. All right, I can do my yeah. Actual, do you, you want me to? Yeah, do your do your next book. All right, so I did like I have a lot of um, like field guide stuff that I brought today. Uh, I usually do like species specific stuff. Uh, you guys hear me ramble in the group a lot you've heard me talk a lot uh so like you actually pointed this book out in daytona for me phil and i was like oh i already got it uh but i'm really getting into or i really like you know japan that seems to yeah. be like my jam for reason no going no along way. with the jet snakes what? and stuff yeah who would have thought right i know sorry to drop that bomb on you guys but uh you know there it is uh, it's just, it's really cool going into, 
uh, all the different, you know, species that are there. And something I've always thought was really interesting that if you go through like a book that has a whole bunch of old world animals, you'll almost find like animals that compare to stuff that's over here, you know, like, uh, you know, like you'll see stuff that looks like, you know, corn snakes, you know, they'll have the same, uh, body type and structure and pattern and colors and all that. Uh, right. The same way you know, that we talk honestly, about maybe there. Japanese. Good. That was in the, the same way that we always said, like birds are the bread lie or bread lean of North America. You know, we, we compare, we compare the home turf critters to the, the yeah. exotics. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So like one thing I think is cool about this book is that it breaks, uh, it breaks every species into their range and they break uh, Japan into four different groups, you know, as far as sections. And then they'll show you where they're from and all that uh, and all the different islands and all that, uh, which is really cool. I mean, because before I got into this book, I never really dove too deep into the fine besides uh, the ones that I knew of already. But like I, you guys know, like I, I really like Carinata and, you know, there's a subspecies in Japan and uh, that same subspecies is in uh, Taiwan as well. So, you know, just seeing, you know, the natural history of those guys and, and all that, of course, that, uh, you know, really gets me going. Uh, which book series? Uh, old, uh, Krieger, Krieger book. Billy, can you throw up the book? There you go. It's actually cool is that my local uh yeah it's cool because i got this book from my local herpetological society they just had a whole bunch of old books on their table and uh yeah like I, every show i go and see what they have and usually get some cool stuff so. awesome but i mean as far as keeping and stuff it's not it's not real heavy on that stuff it's just more hey these are the species that are there this is the area they come from. Uh, here's some real brief, you know, notes uh, about the species and behaviors and stuff and on to the next one. So uh, if you're into the fauna in Japan, highly recommend it. It's an easy read, really cool. And it's different from what uh, it's, you know, different from a lot of other books. Yeah, I feel like so many people yeah. don't realize what a diverse array of reptiles are on the Japanese Isles, you know? I mean, from, mm -hmm. you know, Ryuku, however you pronounce it. Yeah, and, you know, the Okinawan species and mainland stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a shame that we don't have more of those species uh you know, represented. I think a lot of people assume that it's all super developed. You know, they think, well, just like New York, the state of New York, everyone thinks that oh, was just New York City. <laughs> Same thing with like Tokyo over there. Yeah. It's, they, they see all the crazy neon and the, and the mass, mass hordes of people crossing the intersection in Tokyo, not realizing that, 
you know, several miles away are rolling lush green hills and mountainscapes, you know. They do have cool species, though. The haboos. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a toad there. I forget the name of yeah, it. Yeah, there's some cool stuff. I found some stuff. Why aren't we going there? Yeah, do people hurt what are we, what are we Japan doing? enough? I know. Miguel wants to go. Oh, Japan's definitely just a trip that I want to take. Just, you know, animal-wise, culture-wise, food-wise. Like, it would just be really cool just to go over there. Oh, yeah. Just like oh, Kill yeah. Bill, we can reenact the sword-making in the... You know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll just tell them that we have really big rats. It's a cool, <laughs> cool frog. Oh, that's awesome. Look at that thing. Stellar. Dude, and like, just talking about Kill Bill, Sonny Chiba did such a great... Yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Yeah. What's that thing called? Uh, it is the Japanese uh, stream toad. Oh. Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you, you full screen. Watch it live on Twitch Thursday nights at eight. No, that one. Can you read that? <laughs> yeah, we can see it. Yep. <laughs> Show us the picture more. <laughs> okay. I know, right? That's see, that's an amphibian I would actually try and keep. <laughs> that thing's awesome. Thank you, Ana Maria. It's a nineties. It's a nineties frog. Very cool. Hmm. I feel like that's a villain okay. that the Arms turtles would fight. <laughs> yeah. How can I forget about that? Yeah, Mike. Mike Look says uh, Japanese giant salamander. What is that? They have those. It's a. Uh, it's a coral snake. Is it? I thought that was a bamboo rat. Oh my god. What's the scientific name? That's a freaking. Just what it looks race. like. Let's see if. Hmm. If you can read it or not. I'm not good with saying scientific names. Sino micrurus japonicus. Japonicus. Very cool. Yeah, it looks just like a Googling. freaking uh, bamboo. Yeah. That's awesome. Does. Yeah, there, I mean, it just goes to show like I could go through this book the whole freaking episode and find cool stuff. I love it. Which I did. Of course I looked. You know, I started Googling stuff. Oh, I think I have seen those before. Yeah, those are weird looking, man. That's pretty nifty. I was actually, I didn't know that there was a lapid. Trying to find 
the Japanese Isles. We need to find a bite report. We do. Most definitely. <clears throat> venomous snakes of Okinawa. What's interesting is I did a fair bit of homework um, hey. on the Japanese venomous when I was doing uh, the narration for the field herbing podcast. And uh, ah, look at this salamander. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even come across that at all. I think maybe yeah, it was just so Mike. looking at Mamushi. Very cool. Yeah, just digging into the, the herp to fauna over there is it's crazy because like there's so much at least as far as I know that you know you don't know about you know the species and stuff so it's cool if uh, it's just cool seeing it so it's, it's like brandies you know yeah absolutely very cool very cool Phil, what's your book? So, Take care of Phil. My first book was actually a gift from one of the greatest poop faces I know. And that was the one, the only Mr. Nipper Reed. Hey. Snakes of Europe, <laughs> North Africa, and the Middle East. And I... <laughs> I don't know if this was specifically like, Phil, I know you'll love this book kind of gift, or if it was like, Phil, I keep telling you about this book and I know you're never going to buy it, so I might as well just send it to you. <laughs> um, but it's by Philip Gentz, and it, it's it's a field guide. It's a straight-up field guide, so it's going in, in line with what you know Billy was showing off. But if you notice, they color code – well, maybe if I can do this. They color code the, the binding, right? So it'll help you get to what you really want to see. It's small enough that you could put it in luggage or whatever, but it's super duper thick because there's they just crammed as much as they can. If it's European, uh, Near Eastern, or just Mediterranean as a whole, it's in this book. Um, and uh, actually, <laughs> I've, I've kind of broke the binding on the uh, uh, on the telescopus section. Just because I've been on a telescopist kick lately, but oh, let me see if I can get that. We did actually get a comment on our last episode that said people like this individual wanted to hear more about telescopists and that we need to cover them more. Oh, excellent. Which I think so, is an awesome idea. I'm 100% We can, do, we can make that next week. We can do a whole Boiga telescopist toxicodryas. I'm in. Thing. We can go over 100%. that phylogenic tree, all that good stuff. Yes, absolutely. So here is. Uh, the triply cat snake, which mm -hmm. photos is that the one that Glenn Brooks is doing stuff with. Is he really? Oh, that's really cool. I think so. Hmm. So let me this try and species that looks very similar. Yeah. Let me look it up. Look at that head. And then you know they do the this the stereotypical, you know, little map and everything else and fun facts. And uh, here's the <clears throat> excuse me, here's the Egyptian obtusus obtusus which is what i'm what i just got if i can see where the hell the page is and like it, it even shows uh if you go back a couple pages from telescopus the infamous 
California king snake <laughs> because there is invasive populations. So, what's the what's the genus on that that one that's cool. that I said Glenn might be doing something? With? That's the that's the newest one. That's the Tripoli. Um, they call them the. the uh, I always butcher this name. It's Tripoli. Tripolitan. Okay, that's not the same. This is this. This is a spotted whip snake, just Hemorhoeus ravergiri. Hemorhoeus. It's not Herophus or Heropis. H e m o r r h o i s is the genus, and he's the and they're endemic to Western Asia, Central Asia, and South Central Asia. So. Okay, I don't know. If Maybe in the wrong part of the world, but they look very similar with that black head. What was the species name? Uh, Ravergiri, a or R A V E R G I E R I. Ravigiri. Yep, it's in here. Wow, that's really cool looking. Yeah, Glenn's been breeding those at Glenn Reptiles. That's awesome. Absolutely awesome. So yeah, so uh, snakes of Europe, North Africa, and the Middle East, um, a phenomenal field guide, a phenomenal reference. Uh, it has illustrated picture plates as well of comparison scientific illustrations, which I think is awesome. It's right up my alley. Um, and uh, it does cover everything. But I mean, let's be real. The Tripoli cat snake, how awesome is that? That thing's too freaking cool. Mm-hmm. One that's that's crazy, man. Yeah, and what's crazy is you have a, a good band of population that flows through Tunisia, and then you've got like almost three thousand miles away in Western Sahara and Southern Morocco, some small isolated pockets. So it's just fascinating how you can totally see at some point as the you know Sahara turned to sand, those cousins got cut off, you know. The book's awesome. Um, it covers some of the some of the more rare species, like for example, I I have a Nubian spitting uh, cobra, the Naja Nubai, and uh, it's in the book because why not? So it's really cool, man. It's a great little book, and I'm, I know for a fact that you can buy it in the U.S. So don't don't be afraid that you'll have to buy it from Europe and pay the pound or the euro. I know there is a good handful of copies floating around the U.S. too, so that's uh, my I, first thing. I was actually just made aware of there's a Chondro book that got released fairly recently. I think it's a second edition of one, but it's all in German. I had someone message me on the Chondrocast account um, showing it to me, and apparently it's it's as new as like the new Natush paper because he talks about that in the book. Really? Apparently. Yeah, so awesome. unfortunately it's, it's only in German and I'm not about to go through and translate an entire book. Um, but the guy said if enough people emailed the publisher asking for an English version that I guess maybe they'd consider it. I don't know. So. We need to get a link to that publisher. And we need to spam the crap out of him with all the snakes and stogies people because we need that book. I'm not a Chondro guy, but I need that book. And it wasn't terribly expensive either. I think it was like 44 bucks or something like that. Let me look. 
Nice. Mike Kosicki says, isn't it ironic that it seems like the Europeans breed way more species of uh, species out of native reptiles than the unique ones they have? Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Well, what I found interesting, too, is this book is, um, let me find the date of this, this exact issue, this version. <laughs> Pages are all stuck together. <laughs> Why, Phil? <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so this is 2018 from Princeton University <laughs> Press, which is awesome um, because, you know, just trying to study up on telescopus, um, I found a paper that uh, was probably 2008, I think it was. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, uh, quite a few years before the book, but it it is the describing. Is that what we'd call it describing of the variation between Dahara Dahara and Dahara obtusus, or just you know Telescopus obtusus, and it mentions the Tripoli rats or the Tripoli cat snake, and uh, I think it's one of the first papers really declaring it its thing. You know, so I thought that was very interesting. I'm trying to find this. Yeah. And then Justin's up next, right? I am. Excellent. Uh, so the publisher is Herpeton. Herpeton. Oh, I've seen these books. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... Oh, this says paper bag. Paper bag is twenty-two euro. But it is, in, unless that's the original version. What am I doing? Well, I just found a here it is on convention in San Diego, California. Yeah, no, this is this is different. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the publisher. Same spelling and everything as that that same thing, but. Okay. Yeah, this was published in June first, so of June this 1st, year. Wow! All 142 right. pages. Um, the cover has a bunch of green trees on it. So. Nice, excellent. They've gotta, they've gotta do it. Um, they've gotta do it in English. It just. I feel like it would, it would be foolish to only publish it in German. And I know that's very smug of me to say that, but I feel like so many countries have a, 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 an English-speaking population. You feel like they would make more money selling more than just the German copy. Don't you know they I mean? know that America is the land of chondros? <laughs> uh, so my next book is another one that I've not taken off my shelf for a very long time. Reptiles amphibians and invertebrates and identification and care guide and it's from barons it's by patricia bartlett billy griswold and uh dick bartlett awesome concise profiles of more than 250 species subspecies and color morphs of reptiles amphibians and invertebrates some of you may recognize that that book. oh i think i've seen that yeah another one that, that I took with me to school a lot. Um, 
I mean, I don't know that I, it's so basically, you know, the, the other Baron's books, like they did the one on carpet pythons, one on rat snakes, one on. Yeah. Like I it's think, basically we have all the, almost all those, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. It's basically the species sections of those books compiled into like one book. So. Excellent. I don't know. It was one that I, I hadn't talked about. I also haven't flipped through it in a very long time. And, um, I don't know. I read it a lot as a kid. Excellent. Is it still available? Can we find it or no? I, I'm sure you can. This one was 2001. Is the okay. uh, copyright date? So awesome. I'm sure you could if you wanted it. I don't. I don't find it to have anything of any particular sort of major help. Um, it's just something fun to flip through. I would say it's, it's probably a good rounded book for someone who wants to learn more species, learn more attributes of those species. It may be a helpful mm -hmm. guide, you know, opposed to clicking thousands of random scientific names on Wikipedia, like some of us have done. <laughs> Scott says the Germanic herb book market is massive. And what's funny is I'm literally learning that as he wrote that because I found uh, it's Elkicolor public or Herbaton Elkicolor, and they have, <clears throat> I would say, at least a hundred books in that same genre as the Chondra one. And I mean, they're all they're all reasonably priced. I mean, looking at British Crazy. pound, right around thirty pounds. You know, thirty-two pounds. Here's uh, <laughs> they have one on um, ornamentals and uh, ornamental tarantulas, and it's fifty bucks or fifty pounds. Excuse me. So. Very cool, but yeah, I like I like those old books, man. Those uh, the ones like it's like you know snakes, right? And we all had them as a kid, and I feel like those books, uh, even as yeah. an adult, and having more specific and more you know educated literature, it's still cool to have uh, uh, even those like those funky coffee table books that are always in the bargain section of Barnes and Noble. You know, and like it was a hundred dollars, now it's nine ninety-five, and it's just a big coffee table book, and it has all stuff that most diehard herpers already know, but it's still it's still cool to see it and flip through it. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was that one book that had a uh, was that photographer that got bit by the black bomb, but he got a picture of it as it was biting him. Mark Leda, I think, is his last name. I don't know. And he did a book. It was a coffee table book, and it was pictures of, like, venomous snakes and, like, really cool, like, Vanestas on, like, a black background, like, completely just oh, really? black back. Yeah, just just a book for a coffee table, you know, just pictures and stuff. Yeah. Really cool. Nice, nice. Billy, you're up. Yeah, I've wanted oh. that Baron's Viper book for a long time and never actually bought it. I need to just to have it. Yeah, those parents books are awesome. I think I actually have that that Viper book inside. I know, I know it, man. So you gotta have it. I had the Dude. rat snake one, and I think I gave it away. Now oh. I'm bummed because I wanted to read what the Baird section said, just out of curiosity. Come to think of it, I know for a fact I have that Viper book because that was one of the first ever real hurt books I bought when I was 18 and started doing Venomous because. 
I had, I, I, I had, didn't have any, you know, I didn't know where to go in terms of literature. So that was one of the first ones I got. You remember that, that B.W. Smith book about keeping venomous? Did you ever get that? The, bl the black cover. Yeah. I never got it because I had it somewhere. This is a stupid reason, but I never got it because all my friends had it. And I read, I must have read it front to back at least two or three times over the course of so many years, sitting in a friend's house, reading it while they're cleaning snake cages, you know? And there was a lot of stuff in there that was like, uh, like kind of cringy when you think about it. But at the same time, I feel like that book did a great job of showing Venomous Keeping in a time when there was no YouTube and there was no um, there was no right. visual aid like that, you know? Aside from the Southeast and Hawthorne Society website. Oh. 100%, 100%. So, Billy, what's your next book? And Billy's frozen. Is he? Either that or he's having a stroke. Yeah, I'm going to hear him. He's frozen. Should uh, should I just go again? Oh, there he's. Oh, he wait, be back. wait. Hey, he's my moving. Back. My back. You did not have a stroke. I had to move the. I had to move the cart around a little bit. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> it's, right, like that scene, it's like that scene in the beginning of Jurassic Park when the guy touches the cardboard cover around the monitor. He's like, you touched it. He's like, no, I didn't. No, you touched it. <laughs> All right. So this was my Daytona uh, book purchase. Uh, Phil, you might have been there with me when I got this one. Um, uh, if it's the book I'm thinking of, Snakes of India, Steel Guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, really big that book is. It's a good sized book. It's like 480 pages. India has a lot yeah. of snakes. Yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah. It's like over 200 endemic to India, right? They have all yeah, the cool there's, shit, there's more than that. They've got all the cool boyga, man. So, what I think is cool is that so it's it's pretty much like the last book. All my books are pretty much the same tonight, but uh, just little snippets. Obviously, you know, I got it for the the rat snake stuff. Um, but it pretty much just tells you a, a brief description of what they are. Scalation, a little bit on natural history, uh, where they're found, and then uh, what you know lookalikes they have. So, let's see if we can find a good one. So, obviously, one I really like, trinkets. You guys know I've been getting big into those, but it's cool how it has the you know the little India continent, and then it tells you you know where they're found, uh, and then you know stuff looks like them or could be mistaked for them you know that kind of thing and it literally does that for yeah, every every time you flip a page it's a new species so there's 
I mean, there's freaking tons of them. Uh, so what's also cool is that it's uh, you see how it has this green tab up here? Green? Yeah. So it has green for non-venomous. And then it has, yeah. So green's non-venomous. Orange is uh, mildly, or I'm assuming, ringed. Uh, and then you have your red for your straight-up venomous. I thought this was cool because I I feel like you don't see normal monocled cobras. Like I'm not into the venomous side, but I feel like all you see is albinos, like in the hobby and stuff. So. Yeah, I, don't know, I just thought it was cool actually seeing wild type ones. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah, sure they're like everywhere, those, but you know how that goes. I like those Indian locality monocles because there's usually a good, unique pattern inside the monocle. Oh, that's awesome! Look at that. Look at the red. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's right up your alley. Yeah. So when I. I mean, when I got this book, I don't, it was kind of just like Japan. I didn't know too much about uh, the herptofauna that was there. Like I knew the, you know, the old world rat snakes. And so that's why I get most you know, non-Python books is because the old world rat snake stuff. But uh, just seeing all the different species and, and all that, it's, it's incredible. And then, uh, you know, they have like, on the back cover, you know, the whole, they have a really nice detailed map of the area, uh, you know, showing that stuff. Wow. Um, and the next page is, you know, all the different little towns and stuff. Very cool. Uh, it's a really good reference book that, you know, if you don't know much about the, the area or the species that are there, you know, you could easily thumb through this thing and learn, you know, everything you need to know about the area where the species are at. Um, I just thought it was a really good uh, reference book. And then, I mean, the pictures are really the high quality. You can tell the person, you know, the guys that made this were Snakes of India Field Guide. Seeing if I can find it on. Oh, yeah, there we go. Is it by Whitaker? Yeah. Ah, well, that so, is. And of course, they have. That's, uh, that's a reason by itself to buy it. It's one hundred and twenty-two dollars. Is there anything? Yeah, in and there of course, uh, or no. Yeah, the coolest Patias striped ones. Very cool. Those would be really cool to have one day. Oh, oh. yeah. Just more fast, mighty stuff. Is there anything on Sri Lankan animals at all, or is it just uh, mainland India? Uh, it's just India. Okay. Does it cover uh, the Indomit Islands or not? Just India. I was just seeing what the, the next one was. <laughs> <laughs> Does does the Indian book cover the? Does it what? Islands? You went in and out. Does it cover the Andaman Islands as well? 
Uh, pause. Uh, I'm still learning about that geography, if I'm honest with you. Well, let me ask you this. Does it have an index of all the species or no? Does it have Boiga and a Let's see. All of them. Yeah, it does. All right, so go to Najga. Yeah, what am I looking for? All right, there's two. One for me, one for Justin. I should have known. We'll do justice first. I should have known that you wanted. Well, I was gonna say go to go to B for Boyga. There's tons of Boyga. All right. Yeah, it's because they're all. And then yeah, all the best ones are in India. And then look for Boyga, and Dom. What is it? And Dominensis. And Dominensis. I think is how you pronounce it. It should be the first boy gets with an A. It should be Adaminensis, Andaminensis. I think it's Andaman. Unless something came out within the last week that says that's no longer a valid species. Right. Very possible. All right. So two. Yeah, it's Andaminensis. Which boy Andaminensis. I'm just flipping through. I'm sorry, team. Yep. Boom. Look at that. There it is. Oh, that color. Oof. Oof. Trying to get the glare off it. Yeah, dude. Those 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 things are cool. All right. So now go to go to nausea. And then Naja Sagatifera. Look at this freaking thing. Oh. Awesome. That? Oh yeah, that's the um, Yeah, that's the Gokulai. Goku? Yeah. Boy, you get Goku? Those are, those are freaking sweet. Super yeah. cool. Let's see it. There you go. India has the coolest boy. Yeah, that's awesome. No one no one can change my mind. All right, what what cobra am I looking at? Phil? The Andam the Andaman Island cobra. It's Naja Sagatifera. Or Sagatifera. Sagatifera. Boom. Boom. There it is. Look at the blue monocle. Oof. Ooh, yeah. The all-seeing eye. Sorry, I'm trying to get a good trying to get a good here for that's <clears throat> that's the holy grail for Henry and I. I'm looking it up too. Yeah. Uh, let me look, Henry. Let me see Those neonates got. look sweet. So, have I made it? Painfully obvious that I only looked at the rat snakes in here <laughs> so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, those are cool. Uh, uh, is that it, Henry? That's the only red cookery uh, I'm seeing. 
glare is terrible. Those, so, are those Sagatifera? Those look very king-like in the head. Yeah, they're their own monster, man. They're that's one of those snake species that you'll you're blessed if you've ever seen one in person because they do not leave those islands. They're highly coveted. They're highly protected. So. I mean, like, normally, the, like looking at them, there's, there's, they gotta be on a on a tree. I feel like they're probably not that far apart. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure with kings, I'm sure the, the um, scalation looks the same almost. And it, it, the pictures that they put in Billy's book are some of the best specimens that have ever been found. Usually, the babies are the babies are awesome, they're stellar. The adults, super but ugly poop brown. It's very rare that the adults will keep those bands. And even honestly, keep the monocle all the way through adulthood. So, but again, only a handful of photos have been taken, and they're usually done by herpetologists that are there specifically to photograph them. So, obviously, they're going to get the best pictures. You know? And there's literally zero in the Petri. And the one I texted you is the reason I say, like, those look like they're that sort of bridge species between. Kings and everything else, uh, covert related. My uh, my computer is not. I don't have it yet, but I, as soon as I get it, I will show it. My phone got it. Oh yeah, that's that's a champion looking adult, and and honestly, that's that's probably even fairly ugly in terms of what it's capable of. You know. Yeah, but is that scalation not the same as a king on the face? Yeah, I always compare them more to the Ashes Cobra, the Ashes head. Yeah. It has that that bulbous head with a very blunt nose. But yeah, I could totally see, you know, if that thing was green, it would be totally be a King Cobra. And the hood is more King Cobra than anything else. Um, let me find this picture. Hold on. <clears throat> no, they don't have it, Henry. How are those kookeries that you got from? Look, also has. I know we're talking about cool covers. They look good. They like their eggs. But uh, some of the nicest Flavolinius I've seen, like, uh, oh yeah, this guy here just blows me away. Absolutely blows me away. So I don't know what it is about that genus, man. They just they do it for me. Just with the, you know, the radiateds and those guys and the trinkets and, you know, I wish I could get my hands on the Timors and the Philippine and all that. Like, they're just such cool snakes. Oh. Maybe one day. Yeah, that's that. Look at that animal. That thing's awesome. If that were a corn snake, it'd be a pewter. That's a poop brown cobra? Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, what's he looking at? Phil must be colorblind. No, um, I'll, yeah, I'll find you. That's a really cool looking cobra. Here, give me give me two seconds. I'll find you a normal. If, if Phil zoomed in on the head, you would be able to see the scalation I'm talking about. That makes it look so much like a king. I don't know why Henry hasn't piped up yet. That's for Bill. What is it? 
That's Ty's Carlos. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's a really cool, cool cobra. <laughs> so here's what they normally look like. <clears throat> that's your, that's your typical. Hmm. I don't believe you. That's an old picture. No. What do you mean it's an old picture? What does it matter if it's old or new? It's because the pictures and photo, like cameras in the 70s sucked. Oh, come on, man. That's not from the 70s. Looks like it from here. But I'm also like five feet from my computer. I'm squinting I mean, pretty hard. Here's a pretty normal one. See how they lose all the pattern as they get older? No one cares about an exanthic cobra. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Thanks. Damn. The difference is you're that's supposed to be feeding morphs like. to those snakes, not making them at, making them out of them. That's that's what it's supposed to look like as a juvenile. That's look at the blue. I mean, you look at the monocle on this one, like just incredibly impressive. Incredibly. <clears throat> this awesome absolutely yeah, it looks awesome. like they're made of like concrete they look like statues yeah super cool man. super cool huh at least I have somebody on my side that likes the, the cobra food, you know? We all like the cobra food. We do. But do you? But do you? Hey, man. Dude, I pulled that trinket out of that bag. Fearless. Fearless. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Just full of fire and fury. <laughs> right. I'm telling you, man, oh, man, it was tired from its travels. Yeah. That's all. He hasn't even displayed on me, man. Well. Bill says he needs Ridley Eye, and I agree. <clears throat> So is it my go now? Uh, oh. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there you go. I got you. I got you, Bill. I got you a little bit. <clears throat> well, I've been having a coughing fit ever since I we started this thing. So forgive me if I'm started smoking cigarettes. No, man, it's out of nowhere. It's like a tickle in my throat or something. It's not lung related, <clears throat> but. I'm probably going to catch some shit for this book because this is a snakes show. This is snakes and stogies, but lizards of the world 
by Mark O'Shea. Is that the new one? Uh, the newer one, yeah. Yeah. Trying not to get the glare. The one before the Snakes of the World he just put out? Yeah, this one is... Yeah, Lizards of the World, A Guide to Every Family. And this one I was is I was actually going to bring the Snakes one tonight. That was going to be one of the ones, but if I'm being honest, it's heavy and I was feeling kind of lazy. So... <laughs> It's heavy. <laughs> I like awesome. that book though. Like I like it because he covers a ton of species that I've never heard of or seen before. Like a bunch of those really small, weird, colubrid, colubroid, lapid stuff that you don't ever see anything about. And I'm assuming it's probably the same with that, with the lizards book. There's a lot of stuff in there that you just very little information yeah. is actually out about. So I was Phil, can you find me a sail fin, please? Yes, absolutely. Uh, which which thank you? Fin? Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. No, Big we'll, purple we'll, one. All of them, please. Okay, all of the cell phones. Uh, go oh. Weber's. I like Weber's. First of all, look at this Moloch. Awesome. Look at that. It's just the the horn lizard of of Australia. So the book is not as. Um, Academic as you'd ex as you expect it to be, because I think we always oftentimes forget that Marco Shea is very very good at laymanizing the science. Um, the book is a very easy read. It's very uh, catered to everybody. You know what I mean? And I, I really love the way that Mark writes and the way that he you know puts the books together. Um, get go to hold on a second. Let me find the. File of Jen. <clears throat> What's the genus name again? Sailfin Dragon. Ensis. Billy. Hydrosaurus. 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 <clears throat> Check your messages, Bill. I sent you some stuff. go to the index because I'm not seeing it in this section chapter. Are they in the iguana complex or are they in the um, uh, was it Anglomorpha, right? I will be, I'll be honest, I will be very upset if there's no cell phones in this book. I find that that would be really hard to do. Glossary. Okay. <clears throat> the actual index. The show just became boring. Yeah. <clears throat> H. Well... In the meantime, I drew a one seventy four. Give us. There you go. Huh. 
Look at that. That's a big old sail fin. There it is. How cool would it be to have like a five foot freaking dinosaur like that? Uh, that'd be so cool to me. It would, it would be awesome. Um, and just like the other field guides we were talking about, it covers uh, distribution, uh, type of habitat, size, activity, reproduction. And it gives a little, you know, cliff notes. It gives a little map of you know, where, they, where they hail from. And uh, I just thought it, it's a great cool. book. And just to go like with the, the, the Barron's book that Justin spoke about, I feel like this is a, a definitively a 21st century version book like that, where someone who wants to learn about lizards on a, on a, a herpetoculture level or just more than a normal hobbyist, this is a great book to learn about all the different types of lizards and a, a stepping stone to more academic type stuff. Um, and it was I, 30 bucks. I want to know how long it takes him to freaking put those together because that snake's book is huge. Well, see, this is not – I don't think this is the same as that snake's book because, I mean, it's not that thick. It's not – yeah, that's not yeah, nearly not. as thick as a snake's book. But, I right. like, flipping through that, I remember when I first got it and it's like, good God. Like, how – how much time did it take to not even just the, the information itself, but like physically putting it all together and laying it out and like the range maps and, you know, getting decent photographs that are print worthy and like just, just unbelievable. Just it blows my mind. Yeah, I imagine it takes a very long time. And I imagine that when you're someone like Mark, you it's not your first rodeo. So you're going to pull maps and notes and everything that you have from other pieces of literature that you've written. So I feel like for someone who is just coming out of the gate and saying, you know what, I'm going to make a book of Lizards of the World. I feel like that would be a multi-year, if not multi-decade project. Or someone like Mark, who's been publishing, you know, Herbert Afana literature for decades. I feel like it would be a little easier for him to compile, you know still just the sheer amount of having to go through those notes <clears throat> it's just crazy yeah i'm sure he has real interns you know yeah mike kasiki brought up a good point he said he seems to give uh almost less information on the common species and more on the rare ones which i would agree with like i said that snake's book has a lot of species i had never even heard of Stuff that I'm sure a lot of people have never heard of or even knew existed, and a lot of it's Asian stuff. Um, and I think there's some African stuff too that I was just completely unfamiliar with. Um, but that's why I appreciate it so much. It's like there's you know, it's not just sort of your this is what you're gonna find when you go to you know Southeast Asia. It's like, no, I'm gonna show you everything, whether you will probably see it or not, you know. Good shit. Is it my man. turn? Good shit. Yeah, I think it is. <clears throat> so this one I'll make a twofer because they go hand in hand. And because, yes, this is Snakes and Stogies, but these two will also uh, not be snake related. But it is the tarantula and other arachnids and scorpions, barons, books. 
Nice. Both of these were. I also carried around as a kid That's a awesome. lot. Um, the Scorpions one I think is my favorite, just because. I mean, look at that freaking isometrist dude on the on the inside, man. That's a species I always wanted oh, and never yeah. got my hands on. Oh yeah, and that green leaf, awesome. Yeah, so. Really cool. I don't see when this one was published because the other one, the Pythons one, is published in like 97. So I can't imagine this one's too terribly far off. But I could be wrong. It doesn't even say, unless it's in the back now. Uh, 2008. So, yeah. What's funny is I have a Baron Scorpion book. And I think it's like uh, Keeping and Breeding Scorpions in Captivity or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it is not. What is that? A pair of Uthus on the cover? Uh, no. It looks like some sort of Centroroides, maybe a Gracilis or something. Okay, so the one that I have, I'm pretty sure it's a Arizona Harry on the cover. Oh uh, so yeah, it's a different edition or a different book. God, those Isometris maculatus, man, those are so freaking cool. Oh yeah, dude, the digital camo, you know. Ugh. The digital picture, uh, there's another picture of one in here that makes me want them so bad. You know what species I've always wanted just because they look like fun and like no one cares about them is the uh, those Carolina devil scorpions, the ones we have here in the upstate. <clears throat> yeah, the 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 the, the, the of yeah. North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Those are upstate and I've always wanted some and apparently Casey has them they're up his way all the time we don't get them down here on the coast for some reason like they do seem to do better in the, the cooler environments um that always looked like a fun species you know just something cool that it's because it's native you know i i, I don't know yeah the um i always found that that's another species i found fascinating because you have these vehovis in georgia south carolina southern north carolina and then you have nothing all the yeah. way up until the New Mexico Arizona border, mm -hmm. and it's and it's a completely different, you know, habitat and everything. You know, very little water, very little rainfall, very high heat. You know, it's it's very interesting to see how because I mean, you look at like Centroides gracilis, right? From Georgia all the way through the Florida Keys, it's the same bug, it's the same critter, living in a fairly tropical ecosystem. And then mm -hmm. you see the same, the exact same species in Central America. And again, it's still a tropical environment. But when you look at the Vahovas in North Carolina, South Carolina, and you look at the Vahovas in Arizona, you're like, well, how did this work? You know? <clears throat> yeah. This, I mean, this book's awesome. I mean, it's, it's talks about breeding. It talks about, you know, your different kinds, like your tropical species versus your desert species and sort of your more temperate stuff. And, um, North American species talks a lot about Centroroides, uh, which is another one of my favorite genus uh, genre of, of scorpions. Um, there's all kinds of stuff in here, so it's definitely worth it if you're, you know, into inverts or especially scorpions. This should definitely be in the uh, in the old library. And then tarantulas. This one. When was this one put out? Guess we're putting all that information in the back of the books now. This one was 2001. Prior edition was 1996. So um, another good one. I mean, if you're into tarantulas and stuff, it's it's pretty cool. I don't think it's as good as a scorpion book, just in terms of like the information and stuff provided. But 
there's also a lot more in terms of tarantulas and stuff in the hobby than I think there are scorpions as far as sheer species, like number of species goes. Yeah, I've often wondered that. Is there more scorpions than there is spiders? As far like as people keeping them, I think so. Oh, yeah. I would. Well, no, see, I would argue that. I really would. I feel like there's way more tarantula species in the pet trade than there is scorpion species. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, grab those. Yeah. Hawks probably could get a few. There you go. Yeah, he's you guys. That, that's like the very far western part of their range, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, Billy, what do you got at bat? So, um, <clears throat> it's funny because it's like the same species as the India book, but I had to get it because I've worn it for a while. Uh, another field guide. Yes. Next to yes. uh, oh, look yeah. at that cover. Mm. I was that cover. Oh, look at that. Nice blood. Brongershman. So it's another. So it's just another, you know, description, uh, distribution. Uh, scalation, just real little snippets of each species. Uh, nothing too super in depth, but it's just cool to like see what's you know what's out there. Um, like one of my favorite pictures in here uh, is of this bronze back, actually that I didn't know like was a thing. But I don't know if you guys can see him or not. Oh man, that's killer! This with yeah, the blue and cool. the red. Yeah, it's a. What's that? Cop, Copsteins? Copstons? No. Copstons. But it's, yeah. uh. Yeah, I, you know, I've. I don't know much about bronzebacks, so. You know, just being able to, like, find new species and stuff. Like, it's cool to, um. You know, see different things that are different from what you're. You're used to. Uh, uh, and you know, one day, one of the species I really want to work with, the uh, Carnata, which is such a cool, you know, it's just cool to see him, you know, with wild pictures and the different looks, you know, because I've gone through enough of, you know, the ones from Malaysia and the ones from Indo and the ones, you know, from Borneo and all that to. It's just cool to see the different looks from the different areas, especially for different species. So, like, the one in India had a lot of stuff from, uh, you know, like, Colignathus and stuff. So, you could see that's what the Flavolinius looks like from there, as opposed to those really golems from uh, India, you know, where... Uh, There's your cave racer, guys. Yeah. That looks more like a classic Grabowski than a Ridley Eye to me. Um, Do you think it's a case? I don't know what you guys think. 
No, because so I've talked to most about this a little bit. The Grabowski that's coming in right now, the stuff from Sumatra and stuff. Uh, like they look green. Maybe that's just what they look like from that area. But historically, the Grabowski that you see like in a lot of older pictures, they look like a cross between a Ridley Eye and a Blue Beauty. And they had mm-hmm. like no pattern. So they didn't have like that green look, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities of having, you know, the green look that we're seeing getting in like now. Um, so who knows? Is, then, um, of course, everybody's favorite. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Gone, Yofis. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to. Hard to Where's be Dan Polgan? Yeah. Yeah, right? There's there's just such cool species, man. You know, it's cool to see what's out there, what overlaps and what doesn't overlap. And, you know, it's kind of gotten to the point where uh, you like the species and then you want to learn about, uh, you know, the different areas that they come from. And, you know, it's you see stuff that's super wide ranging. Like I look a lot into radiated rats uh, and just to see the different looks in the different areas that they come from. Same with Patias and stuff. Uh, really good book. Just another reference book, just like the other ones that I've shown tonight. Uh, but if you're interested in the species, you know, in Borneo, definitely a good, uh, good buy, good addition to the library. Like, you know, the other two. Does it talk about well, any of the snakes in Brunei or is it just like, is it the whole island of Borneo with Brunei included or is it just, you know, Indonesian and Borneo? I uh, believe Indonesian Borneo. Okay. Reminds still me. awesome. Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh. Yeah, you guys. Oh, awesome. Look at that. It's an Asian Transpecos. Yeah. yeah, that's a really nice specimen. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Effort. It's cool, too, like, going through different field guides and stuff and seeing... Like you see all these different snakes that are, you know, native to those areas. And then you see what ended up being established in the hobby. And it's, you know, when you really start thinking about it, it's more, okay. When they came in initially and people cared, they only cared about this species, but not that species. And then they just stopped bringing them in or they just, you know, or the ones that were brought in and dying. So it is interesting to see like, all the different, uh, so that, you know, like there's a lot of Boyega I, I've never seen before, but I'm not super into Boyega either, you know, but with how popular it is, it's crazy that all of these species aren't around, you know, in the hobby or if they are, I just don't know about it. Uh, yeah. It also, and then like the, about- you know, the, the tree snakes and stuff. It also makes you think about 
it, did it come here and didn't do well for one reason or another? Or in the case of, you know, a, a lot of times it's the animals that the field collectors would bring in are stuff that's easy to find or close to where they live. And some of this stuff is so remote that it just never was caught because it's a project to get it back to civilization to ship it out, you know? Yeah, there's tons of variables, you know, that go into what we ended up having. Uh, I mean, I find it interesting because it's like, why did, you know, this species of, why did mangroves become as popular as they are? But, you know, there's, what is it? You know, but the, these guys, you know, the pale spotted, cat snakes why you know you think those would be sought after you know it's because we can't get them man well, you get what i'm saying though i mean obviously things came from somewhere so yeah it's very true no it's it's just interesting because you know, i mean at, at one point it was just a free-for-all it was just hey if you can get it you can bring it over you know it's just it's crazy how like it really mattered on when they came in and what time and who was around to establish them you know like who cared enough to establish that species and how we ended up with what we have you know for now wait you said white spotted cat snake we lose Uh, let me pull it up again. Because that's drape uh, drapezia, and those are not terrible. Pale spotted. Uh, oh, let's see. Yeah. You're looking it up, or? Yeah, drapezia. Yeah. Yeah, those, those are, are, I mean, those are I, I'm not. They I are. don't really They're, follow Boyega that much. They're not not kept as much as, as some of the other species in the states. They're one of the more specialized feeders, from what I understand. Um, but yeah, I mean they're around. Well, you you get what I'm saying, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. You know, it's just it's interesting how certain species had, like if if the right person likes a certain species enough, it doesn't matter if it's a specialized feeder or, you know, they need, you know, specific husbandry or whatever, they'll make it happen. Freaking cyania females gotten so damn big, it's crazy. Yeah. Philip. Yes, my turn. Is he back? I'm back. Right. So I think you're up, this, Phil. I yes, the um it pains me to say that I haven't had a single moment. Life's been very, very hectic lately for me. And uh, I haven't had a single moment to open this book. But this is literally when I have time to open a book in the near future, 
this is the first book I'm going to open. I talked about it last week on Snakes and Stogies. The African and Middle Eastern Burrowing Asps mm. and Their Allies. I love how they say allies like it's some sort of world war or something. Yeah, and at first I was like, man, maybe there's like a, a, a relationship between them. And it's like, it's no, awesome. it's just similar species, you know. Um, <clears throat> it is a white cover edition chimera. So these are intended more so for academics opposed to more of a hobbyist level. That being said, it's not overly sciencey. It's very readable. Um, and it covers every aspect of stiletto snakes and their relatives. Um, How many species are there? Uh, I think they're up to 14, I think. Let me check. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so let me get to this here. Yeah, I mean, it covers basic biology, uh, medically important toxins indicative of Atractaspis subspecies, characteristics of envenomation, uh, basic biology, management of envenomating, which I'm, I'm interested to read that. Um, and then the lack of antivenom and theoretical potential value in the pharmaceutical world. Um, let me see about actual species. You'd assume there'd be some kind of list. Hold on, let me go back. We'll do it this way. Because now I'm generally curious. All right, so you're looking at... Talks about centipeding snakes, which I'm sure... Bill will want to read up as well. Okay. What is this? This is lipidosis. All right. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, uh, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. So this book is saying there's 22 independent species. And it appears that none of them are subspecies. So I don't know if that has been a, a splitting of sorts. It would assume to me that it's been a splitting of sorts. But for all I know, they could be vastly different. So, Well, uh, Bill yeah. Bradley has clued us into why they use the word allies. Uh, and he says, according to Google, an alliance is an informal grouping used in biological taxonomy. The term alliance is not a taxonomic rank defined in any of the nomenclature codes. It is used for any group of species, genre, or tribes to which authors wish to refer that have at some time provisionally been considered to be closely related. Oh, okay. All right. So, let me find you some of the goods because awesome. everyone Bill. wants to see. Yeah, thank you very much, Bill. That was He's on extremely point. helpful. Yeah, he is. It's the beard, man. It is. It's too majestic. <clears throat> so, here's a... The cool Bill. Here's a picture that I find incredibly interesting. Um, this is of uh, 
and Galdenensis, which is in Israel. Um, so the top picture is an adult specimen, and the bottom picture is a freshly dissected venom gland with the duct, the fang mechanism for the stiletto blade or the stiletto tooth, and then the actual fang itself. <clears throat> Good God. And I'm pretty sure they did this comparison picture so you could see the length in which that gland runs. Yeah. That's so. almost like the Malaysian blues almost. Yeah, I mean, Jeez. no one near as long. Not as, nearly as long, but still yeah, similar. Very similar. Very, very impressive. And I think it's really cool that they did the dissection with the gland and the duct and the fang and all that. So. But yeah, I'm really excited about this book. <clears throat> So, I mean, here's them milking them. God, Theris Nishii make me feel funny in my pants. So, yeah, um, I tried to... This is a book that I poo-pooed for a while, and I was like, oh, I'll buy it later. Oh, I'll buy it later. Oh, I'll buy it later. And then I was like, you know what? No. It's time to do it. I'm on a kick, and I go to buy it. It's out of stock everywhere. So I actually bought this. Um, it's brand new, but it was from a bookstore in London, and I had it shipped, so it took a little bit of time. But <clears throat> it's about 100 bucks, uh, give or take. It'd probably be a little cheaper if you found it in the U.S., but it is out of print. Um, so if you're interested, try and grab them while you can. You know. So. Yep. Well, All right. Smitty, do you have any so more? So my next one is also I have I'll do this last one. How about that? The other two are kind of dumb and irrelevant, but this one actually has some sort of like some, kind of a backstory to it because this is the book that got me hooked on carpets. Ooh. When I was but a boy. And it but is we um, Snakes that Snakes that are care and keeping by Lenny Flank Jr. This is the picture that I remember seeing that got me wanting carpets really bad. So, no. Let's see if I can. Yeah, it's looking good. Look at that! It's a classic-looking carpet. That's perfect. I just remember seeing that as a kid and. I had to have one, and I think it wasn't terribly long after that that I found one at a flea market in Charleston that was being sold by uh, what was the guy's name? Alan Bosch, okay. um, who used to be partners with Bill Albright back in the day. Yes. So if you're in like the area, you, so he had a booth at a flea market in Charleston that we used to frequent when I was a kid as well, and they had a carpet and that seeing that carpet made me want one even more. And I don't remember if I actually bought that one or if I ended up getting one from somewhere else, but I remember that picture just for whatever reason, I don't know. It just, it stuck out to me and it made me want one really bad. And this was published in 98. So 
but it's, I mean, it's pretty interesting. It's got like evolutionary history, basic biology, ecology, taxonomy, um, choosing a snake, housing a snake, handling your snake, feeding, reproduction, healthcare, legal protection and conservation, uh, herpetological education, snakes and human culture, snake bite, and then the conclusion. So it's pretty cool. I liked it. Very cool. It's got a lot of good pictures in it. That's awesome. So that was the one that, that sort of lit the fire for, for carpet pythons. Yeah, man. <laughs> Eli says he <laughs> Thanks, needs to Scott. find some <clears throat> Eli says he needs to find some flea markets like that. Yeah, this one was I in Charleston, think, man. I think <laughs> if Bill Albright and, and him had a uh, a booth at a flea market, I imagine it would just be like vending a show. But then, like, I think of, like, the flea markets by me before they banned baby turtles and, like, all the little death cups and everything, you know? Got my first year of Mastics from there, too. Nice. Right. species. His name was Douglas. I don't remember. It was brown. Brown. But they weren't, they like, they weren't partners in the flea market. They ended up being partners, like, later on, I think, but... Alan Bosch had a booth there for so cool. He has since gotten out of reptiles from what I understand and lives somewhere out west, like North Dakota or something weird like that. Oh, okay. He was a big ball python guy too. So Yeah. Got my first pituovas from him too. Oh nice. Billy, you're up. And Scott said Lenny Flank wrote the worst book of venomous husbandry ever written. So, same author of that last book that inspired me so much. Yeah. Well, your book wasn't venomous. So, there you go. <laughs> Billy is... There he is. I don't even know who Lenny Flank is, honestly. That's the only book that I've seen that he's that, that has been written. But now I'm going to look. Bill, are you ready? Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, kind of switching off the uh, old world stuff. Um, <laughs> so since I like everything, um, and I'm getting in boas. I got the uh, natural history neotropical tree boas. Um, Ooh, I got this yes. last year in Daytona. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's it's thick too. Uh, so it's it covers the whole genus of Corallus, uh, but it focuses a little more on Granatus than anything else. Uh, and it is, I mean, the pictures are just insane. Um, just insane. Uh, so talk about, uh, and it, it literally goes through Crope and I, or Cropani. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. I'll see if I can find a, uh, find a picture, but, uh, it's literally all 
it's all natural history. It's not a, there's no captive stuff in here at all. Um, it is, let's see. It's like a hundred or uh, 350 pages. Tons of pictures, high quality, and literally every type of look you can think of, uh, how they hunt, how they forage, um, what they do during the different seasons, uh, all the different, you know, looks and stuff. Because, I mean, mm. tree boas are just incredibly variable. Uh, just crazy, crazy variability. Um, of course, they got emerald stuff in here. Uh, you know, all the different Portolana stuff and all that. Um, but it's it's definitely worth worth checking out if you're into tree boas at all. Um, there you go. There's a headshot for you. Ah, uh, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Look at those pits, man. Yeah, they're uh, they're the real deal. Uh, and just there's, it's basically like let's say you, um, let's see, oh, like, this is a cool picture. Um, it says uh, they made an artificial nest, and they ended up finding that that tree boa in it. So just, you know, different ideas they came up with to try to catch specimens and, you know, not always have to go look for them and stuff. Um, but it's basically 300 some odd pages of uh, a paper that you would find, you know, like it's just, it's all data. Um, you know, like just here, um, factors affecting nocturnal activity. So they talk about rainfall, the moon phase, uh, temperature, seasonal variations. Like it goes through all that kind of stuff. Uh, oh man. <laughs> Booth has a bunch of, bunch of rushes. That's not good for me to know. Dude. Uh, yeah. That's like top of my list as far just, as any corral yeah, shows. Like, uh, Basins are cool and all, man, but there's something about Rushis, especially the ones with the high black, that just maybe it's because they're like the Jansen eye of, a, of the tree boas, just in terms of that sort of color palette. I, I just, oh, man. Yeah. I I honestly I think they're. I gotta say it's probably annulateds before Rushies for me. I mean they're all cool. I mean I'd love to just. Uh, Tribos in general, man, they're just, they're cool snakes, man. They just, they really are. I don't see that book. All on right. So book. apparently me and, uh, me and Warren are going to be talking here soon. <laughs> he's, uh, he's being very subtle. <laughs> on what Look, he has. <laughs> Look, that, that animal, did I see that? And all I think of is just after, you know, Ceratophora. Like it's like a South American Ceratophora. Yeah. Awesome. Matilda. (laughs) 
Yeah. I, I really enjoy the ones I have uh, or the Amazons I have. I'm slowly getting back into them. Uh, and they're, I mean, arboreal snakes in general are just really awesome. So, and with all the variability and all the different colors and patterns and this and that. And, I love the know, cover it's, photo. It's a on hobby in itself, too. honestly. Because I love when the, like they get the shots of the tree balls oh. like that because they look like freaking predator. Yeah, when it like spreads its freaking four mandibles out. Yeah. That is on oh, Amazon yeah. right now and it is $70. So I find that it is less than that, I paid for this one. <laughs> that I, I find it interesting that that's a edition chimera. It's a black cover book, uh, but it's mostly paper, like scientific papers and stuff. Is there any husbandry aspects in the book? Does it have like a section on breeding? Does it have a section on like so, cage set up and enclosure set up. Uh, so to my wish maybe I I kind of described it wrong. It's not so much a paper as in that's kind of more the information they're giving to where it's more like graphs and you know what the temperatures are and it's all natural history. Uh, like it literally goes into everything that they went into studying. It's, uh, there's trying to look like in the back to see if there's actually any, any stuff. Yeah. There's really no, like, this is how you keep them. They do it. I mean, there's a couple of pictures like this one, you know, it says, Hey, it's a, a birth that's happening in captivity. That's really the only thing that, uh, yeah. Look, that look I can remember in this book that, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. And, and the the caption on this photo is basically, you know, just showing that the neonate is orienting uh, upwards, saying, you know, how arboreal they are and saying that's their nature, you know, right when they're, you know, born, hey, let's go, let's go straight up. I will definitely be buying the complete tree boa when that gets done. That's amazing. I didn't know yeah. that was uh that's insane yeah that's awesome i can't wait for that now um, what about kaleidoscope so really cool books um different was that just dropped What's that? first on snakes and stogies i don't i don't think so no that's the first There's i'm hearing one. of it but i i don't have yeah. my ears to the ground on uh yeah, that stuff is true. that is true that is true there's another book from 96 called Kaleidoscopic Tree Boas. And I'm wondering if Warren... I have that one, too. On that one. Yeah, I have that one, too. I might also have the other one he was talking about. Yeah, poss possibly? Yeah. Yeah, both of those are on Amazon right now. 160, 170, and I'm resisting the urge to buy them. Tree boas are cool. I know a lot of people are uh, are more. I know a lot of people have had them and then decide oh, they're just not for me type of thing. But uh, you know, if if you end up trying them out and they end up being your thing, they're they're really cool captives and they're just as than the carpets. So I think that's why I'm drawn to them. You know, of course, the bright colors and stuff. And, mm -hmm. uh, 
And like I said before, arboreal snakes are just awesome in general. So. Yeah, I mean, I've had a handful of Horchulinus over the years, and I do like them. I just, I'm at a point now where I, you know, keeping them, I don't really have much of a desire, but they'll always be sort of one of the first loves in a sense. Especially with yeah. that, there was an issue of hurt reptiles years and years and years ago, like early 2000s. I had a picture of a garden phase on the cover that uh, I, I don't know how many times. It was by uh, Mike Heinrich. He was big in the Amazons at one point years and years ago. I don't know what happened to him. Um, maybe Warren knows, but <laughs> yeah. he, uh, he, he had like, he was head of a forum. He had, you know, wrote the articles in the, in reptiles and all kinds of stuff. Very cool. Very, very cool. You got something else you're going to throw up, Billy? You look like you're skimming pages appropriately. Uh, hang on. That one. Spinning? Yes. Yeah, you said that, and I just happened to just get that issue at a, a local show because it had the Treboa um, centerfold and stuff. So. Was that like 01? Yep, February 01. That's crazy you remember that, Justin. Dude, I, I, I literally carried that issue with me to school. I don't know how many, like literally until the cover fell off. Like I... There was a handful of issues of reptiles, you know, in the early 2000s like that, that I just, I read them so much and flipped through them so much that they just, they were falling apart physically. That's what I did with the uh, Pituophis issue uh, in the early 2000s. I the one with all the, 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 with like those snakes all the different kinds reason. on it. It was like an orange cover and it had the different heads and stuff of them, I think. Mm-hmm. Is that the one? Yeah. 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 yeah I, I lost the cover. It's just like the cover's gone. I don't know where it went, but I have the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah we were. we're old guys, apparently, guys. Wow. We're reading about these things before. Born. Oh, Warren crazy. said Mike Heinrich got out and went anti-hobby, he believes, which is kind of surprising because he was... He was going hard in the paint on, on Horselanus, man. Yeah. I believe there's a whole story behind that for another time. But yeah, he's not in the hobby anymore. I don't know. He just he was he was the guy for a long time. And then I you know, after a while I kind of got out and um came back and he was when the Amazon out. Alliance was around and yeah and all that, yeah. So, uh, all right, are you guys, you've shared everything you got? You're muted. Yes, I am. You're muted, Phil. So, uh, now that I can speak again, uh, I only took out three books because I, I, like Justin, I don't have that big of an I'm running out, yeah. Well, I'm nowhere near running out. I mean, there's probably... There's probably a hundred hurt books in there, maybe, maybe less, maybe less, maybe seventy-five. I don't have anywhere near that many. But I don't want to. I don't want to just pull any book. You know, it's 
It's got to be snakes and stones worthy books. They're so, all worthy, Billy, man. That's true. But Billy, what do you got up a bad now? All right. Um, I'll just I'll go quick because I know we're over two hours, so I don't want to get too crazy. Uh, I want to highlight a book I've already highlighted again, but it's like the more I dig into it, the the more information I'm finding. Uh, <laughs> it's freaking old world. Man, book, man, how did I know? Like, stop, stop it's, bringing that out. I can't I, I, find I, it anywhere. I, God damn it. I can't. I can't not bring it out. And it's it so bad. I can't. Get it. Dude, it's just, there you go. You like that picture. Uh, it's just, it's incredible, man. And what I, what I did, how much of a nerd I am is they got this back this back section uh 40 years of husbandry and breeding different rat snakes and stuff and it literally just gives you charts of the different animals um what you kept them at what you breed them at what you incubate them at how many clutches they have uh i don't know how well it's coming out but there's all this quick information that, you know, it took so long to, to come out with and find. And then, you know, your more temperate stuff. Uh, out there. It's just, this whole book is just absolutely insane. Uh, like the, they got a whole thing on rhinos. There's a whole thing on the snakes of Thai, uh, Taiwan. There's, um, a, there's a copy yeah. available in Switzerland, and it's a hundred. It's used, and it's with shipping. It's 124 bucks, but I have no way of knowing if it's English or not. Yeah, that I got. So I got really lucky. Um, so before Klaus passed, unfortunately. Oh, uh, no, this says English. Before he passed, uh, most was able to bring in a shipment and he put a post about it and I think I messaged him like an hour after he posted it and he was like, yeah, you, you got like one of the last ones. So I just got really wow. lucky. Uh, I actually got that's a, crazy. it's actually a sign. It's a signed copy oh. too. So that's, oh man. That's awesome. That's even cooler. That's awesome. Uh, but I, I honestly have been looking for this book for a really long time, and I know I've already uh, covered it before, but if you are into Old World Rats in any capacity and you come across this, even if it has a, a you know, 100, 100 plus price tag, it's, it's worth it, guys. It literally has a... It just has a whole bunch of stuff on every... Every species. There's your Jansen Eye stuff. There's that. Stop it. it that whole thing. Buddy, I, you got a buddy that's got it. I can screenshot it and look, they got the, the black ones too. Wow, now that is impressive. Oh, yeah. Like they were impressive before. That's then the, you look at that. So, it's like, it's large. Yeah. So, there's the whole. Is the whole snake black, or is it reversed where the tail is lightly colored? No, it's all black. So, uh, funny story about that. I actually had a chance to buy one uh, 
about nine years ago, eight years ago, when I first got my first Ganyos. And uh, I was ready to send the guy money. And I guess it was when Facebook groups were just starting up. And uh, right before I went to pay him, he went, hey, man, I just posted this thing in a group and I didn't realize what I had. And I'm not going to sell it, sell it to you for that now. And he ended up like quadrupling the price and someone else bought it. And I was like, I was that close. That close to having an all black freaking Ganyo. Damn. You know, that's how it goes. What a shame. So, uh, that's all I have for books. Um, I, I did bring, I, (laughs) yeah, I won't do that. It's late. I won't do that. Whoa! whoa, whoa. Yeah, you can't you can't tease us like that. You can't you can't say, "Oh, I have a surprise," but I can't tell you. Come on! It's man. not a surprise. Out. It just it shows how nerdy I am. Let's see it. I'm putting you on full screen for this one. Uh, I just got word whoa, that Aggies are shipping tomorrow. Nice. That's oh, awesome, man. Congrats. Spiny lizards inbound. I checked so, the hot spot today. It's 164. Uh, 164 is that obscene is that what it's supposed to be yeah you're kidding yeah i feel like i should just put them in the oven that's have you watched the uh dave kaufman video are we keeping them correctly yes twice it's actually really cool yeah that's a really good video he did good with that one in the cave racer one uh so which, speaking of all black, apparently he said in that video there's an island population of Ackies that are all black. Really? That's North, really cool. Like somewhere off the coast of Darwin, like that northern section. Wow. Dude, a, a mini like black dragon, how cool is that? With Dude, a, a spiny amazing. tail? That'd be so awesome. How so is that not everywhere? I don't know. I'm looking to see. That's if like the one you would smuggle. Yeah, that's the one you would smuggle. Like that's. <laughs> Why are they doing what? that? Well, dude, Marcus and I have been trying to find Cordillas Niger for about 10 years now, and there's none anywhere because the only ones that ever got to Europe are all smuggled, and those people aren't going to give them up, and now they're protected in their natural range. But, dude, that is literally like that's your, your jet black, glossy black, aki, but South African. One day. That's awesome. One day. One day. All right, so I've uh, I've gone on my little rant on saying if you're interested interested in a species to look up papers, look up everything you can. Uh, so I've started doing that, right? You see where I'm going with this, Phil? I see 100 so, where you're going with this. I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna go crazy with it, but so far this is what I've come up with. Uh, I have a, I really hate having, uh, like just, to, just relying on digital copies. So I'll actually, like each binder is a, a different thing. Like this white one is all, you know, Ganyo stuff. So like I have those papers, the whole um, Ganyo.org stuff mm-hmm. uh, from Freight Freitas. You know, because yeah. I had all that information when it was on Freight's website, and then he took it down, and I lost all that information. So once it came up again, 
And uh, I forget who's running the website now, um, but he was able to take all that info and put it on that website, which thank goodness he did. I decided to make uh, physical yeah, copies. I saved, so. I saved it all as, as a Google Doc too, like all the text from that site as well. Because you never know when these sites are going to go away and never come back. Like some people just get tired of paying for, you know, the domains and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Never come back. So, so I'm, yeah. I'm old school in the fact that I want like a physical copy. Yeah, tangible so, document. Yeah, so like this one is all old world stuff. So that's like a big old Taiwan. This is like a 16 page Taiwan beauty, uh, you know, paper that talks about natural history, keeping them, breeding them, all that stuff. Uh, just different things I've found, you know, everywhere. Uh, Bill, if you're still watching, this is the stuff I'll send you. Uh, you know, trinket trinket stuff uh, you know or the old uh, rat snake foundation information that used to be out there uh, there's just so much information so I know I've said it a few times so you, know, so you guys can actually see what I'm <laughs> what I'm talking about I know I've told people it shows like yeah I print out uh, papers and all that and like this is my uh, and this one's like the Bowen Python one, so there's just tons of just tons of stuff. Yeah, I just uh, saving them in a folder and then on a Google Drive. Like Google Drives are free, and you get like 15 gigs for free. So even if you I don't, don't go trust... as far as printing them out, you can still flip. thumb drives are cheap. Google Drives free, whatever you know. I, I did all that a... and I I lost it, so I don't trust yeah. it. I want to like I have that, but I also have my physical copies, so. I think that's where I'm more old school than anything, where I just, I have to have it in my hand. Yeah. You know, it takes up more space, but. I was actually just talking to someone on Instagram um, about taking a scientific paper that is in another language, like French or German. And uh, what you can do is, uh, I, I don't, I'm sure there's an app that, or that you could download or a program you could upload. Um, but on the iPhone specifically, you have the speak feature. So a lot of times what I'll do is, um, and you don't even have to use a speak, you use Google Translate if you want. What I'll do is I will screenshot the page of the PDF, right? And it's I'm screenshotting the, uh, the PDF, and then I'll take that photo image, and I'll upload it to Google Translate in the appropriate language. And then on Google Translate, you can upload the picture and highlight you know, what you want to be quote unquote translated and it will translate it. And then at the same time, if I'm driving or whatever, I can have, uh, you know, Apple speak and it will literally read it to me in English. Now, granted, some of the translation doesn't always make sense because certain languages put certain phrases in front yeah. of others, but, but it's a great way to gain that extra little bit of knowledge on a paper that's only in Italian or only in German, you know? So, just I don't know where Billy finds all these papers, though, because Billy also sent me a really nice uh, Elafe by Maculata paper the other day that he found, and I don't, I don't know where he digs this stuff up, but I'll never tell. He's good at it. Yeah, there's a lot of websites that you have to pay, and there's a lot of websites that you have to be in academics, and then there's a lot of websites that it's just public public knowledge, you know, and that's some of the best stuff. I think Google Scholar is a big one, right? I've never actually used it, yeah. but I've heard that's a good one. What paper is that, Billy? This is the one from the Barkers and the 
the early to mid nineties on the lesser Sundas. Nice. And it literally, it literally goes through, you know, everything and they actually bred them. Like they have, you know, <coughs> actually produce them and stuff. Uh, it, like, I don't care if it's a super old paper or not. Like I'll still print it out. Like there's a, there's one I want to find that actually I got a lot out of. I could find it. There we go. I'll just show you the cover page, but this is from the 80s, and it's all about breeding Maclots. And it's, uh, they basically just chronicled, you know, 10 years of breeding Maclots and what worked and what didn't work. And I pretty much just read this thing and uh, you know, applied what I could in my setup and I tied it up being, you know, fairly successful this year with them. Um, hopefully I can replicate that, but, um, it's just, if you look in the right places, like I, I haven't paid for any subscriptions or anything. If you just have patience and you find the right websites, like there's tons of journals, um, I've come across, uh, British journals, Russian journals. Uh, if you're a monitor guy, there's this monitor publication that's insane. Uh, Biowalk, I think it's called. B-I-W-A-K. That's like, a, I don't know if you guys have heard of that or not, but um, just insane. Like if you, if you like take the time to really dig into like information, there's so much information out there. You can find anything on anything. Like I took a screenshot of just a Patias Kuros paper I found and I sent it to Bill and he was, he was like, I, where do you find this? You know, and just some patience and that stuff will come up. So like I see yeah. stuff on uh, Indigos and Cotton Mouse and, you know, all of our native stuff all the time. You know, that stuff's everywhere, so. I also think that it's some of the websites that are uh, you have to pay or you have to be in the academics to read them. They'll still let you read the abstract, which in itself could be helpful, or it can at least tell you if you really want to pursue even reading the real journal. Cause some of them are like, this is how it poops. And we know that it poops because brown stuff comes out. Like some of them are really boring. But for the most part, at least you'll it'll give you an idea of what the paper's about, and you can figure out if you want to pursue it or not. Well, that's how I found most of the uh, papers that I put in the, the magazine group was uh, just going through that, just stuff that I thought was interesting. Like the, the Irregularis paper I found was uh, – I really like I, – I don't have any interest in Irregularis, but uh, – you know, that paper itself with how they kept them in buckets and how they were trying to figure out which prey they would like and all that. It was just really interesting. And, you know, you can apply that to different arboreal snakes. You know, it's not just that particular snake. So it's, uh, it's really cool. But I found a lot of different journals that uh, you may have to pay to get a subscription to, like, do the, you know, get the most up-to-date one. But you can go into the archive and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, some of them go back to the 80s. And, I mean, information is information. 
And if you're, they're doing four journals a year, they started in 85 and now it's going to 2020, 2021. Like that's a lot of information you can go through and find different species that you care about. So that's all I do. Found cool stuff. So. Nerd. Very cool. Very cool. I, I'm, I'm probably going to do that, something very similar to those binders because I really like that. Sorry if I misspoke on the irregularities and insulars. Well, gentlemen, we're at 2.27. Any closing remarks? I think I've said enough. Nope. <laughs> Justin? I got nothing. All right, folks. Don't forget to check out the fine people the Gendra of the Pacific Northwest, Puget Sound Pythons. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, hunt them down, follow them. They won't lead you astray. No, they will not. Mr. Billy Hunt, a pleasure as always. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no. appreciate it. Thanks for mm-hmm. bringing awesome books. We'll be back Thursday. Low, so. THP 138. 138. Wow. That's cranking them out, man. It's awesome. Keep it episodes. going. Keep it all going. Yeah, Smitty, five, five more episodes, man. What are we going to do? I know. We got to figure something out. Got to be something. We'll brainstorm. We got time. We got time. Yeah. Well, could just be a big sluts party again. Yeah, right? We could. We could do that. Could be. No. Could be. Throwing it out there. <laughs> well, folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for commenting. Everybody have a great evening. Bye. Good morning, good day, whatever it is, if you're listening to this post live. Yes. What's that? What's that rhyme? You know? It's like a Thank you and have a good evening, good day, and good I don't know. I'll find it for next week. Good night. <laughs>